0: Live as if you were to die tomorrow. Learn as if you were to live forever. Mahatma Gandhi. Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of Secrets of Saturn. I am Jason Lindgren, your host. On this episode we have Michelle Vaughn. She's been coming out recently on other radio shows and is known as a psychic agency contractor. Welcome to the show.
1: Oh, well, thank you, Jason. It's a pleasure being here.
0: I would love to start with a little bit about yourself.
1: Well, I guess you could say in 2004 was my awakening. Um, I was seeking certain answers and understandings because I was kind of going through a, I don't know if I want to call it a metamorphosis or just a knowing that there was something I was here to do. So my children were raised. And I no longer had to work at the time, so I was searching. I was very emotional. I was doing a lot of crying and praying at the time. And inadvertently, uh, somebody that had met gave me a business card and said, you need to meet this woman and talk to her, and her name was Candace Calloway. And I didn't even know what Candace did at the time. I didn't know who she was or what she was involved in or or even, but at that time, the minute I got that card, I knew that this woman was someone that I was seeking. So when I got home, I called her right away and I made an appointment for the following Friday, not even knowing what she did because the friend that gave me the card was just an acquaintance and she didn't explain anything what Candace did, but so, I made the appointment. I, I uh, met Candace that following Friday at one o'clock. And um, she, Candace Callaway, is one of three people that discovered muscle testing. Her and Daniel Whiteside and another gentleman brought muscle testing to the healing aspect and energy aspect of, of this reality. And um, I had been seeking her for a prior, I think, three years before I actually met her. So, when, when, she started explaining a few things. I knew, you know, I knew that, that I was gonna spend a great deal of time with her. She was she she did a lot of work in mind control and reprogramming a lot of people that actually work for the government. And she she was just she lived in LA also at the time and and she was only like fifteen minutes from my house. And it was a meant-to-be kind of thing. So I spent a year and a half under her tutelage and guidance, and essentially she held my hand through my complete awakening and my abilities and my skills and my life turning upside down and, I mean, you know, everything. And then after I spent a year and a half with Candace, I was introduced to Stuart Swidlow, who worked also for the United States Intelligence. And he had pulled away and... um was doing a lot of healing work and seminars and things like that. And one of my clients actually gave me his number and said, You, you might want to get a hold of Stuart, which I did. And Stuart actually kind of walked me through the tail end of my education on some level. I, I, I kind of essentially had said that Candace was my, my mother, and Stuart kind of finished my training as my father. He kind of introduced me to my remote viewing skills, my remote healing skills. And at the time, I was having a lot of um, psychic attacks by, you know, what I'd call the 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 kind of I don't I guess I guess you could say the I was having darker experiences and attacks because I was waking up so so fast, and Stuart kind of walked me through how to protect myself and what was happening and kind of explained a lot of things to me, and he also told me, which was interesting, that I would be having. Um, interesting experiences with off-planet beings. And mm. I remember at the moment he, he, when he told me, I thought, okay, that that's an interesting, you know.
0: Kind of interesting thing to hear. Well, uh, kind yeah. Kind of have thrown at you.
1: Right. You know, amongst everything I was going through, I'm like, okay, great. I'll add that on to my list. <laughs> you know, so at the time I didn't really think about it, but I did become an experiencer and, you know, had many experiences, physical experience with off-planet beings. So that's essentially kind of how I, bursted into to the the scene I guess you could say I didn't really work on a level of being acknowledged at the time I was really under the radar I spent 11 years in LA and Hollywood area working with a lot of well-known celebrities and um, I was introduced to James and Susie Cameron who at the time Jim, Jim was doing avatar so I was going over to their house in um, Malibu and spending time there and you know at the time avatar was being done everybody kind of was learning about energy and and the connection of the universe and what was happening between you know male and female energy and there was that introduction and that film went um, that had a global release so I was getting introduced to a lot of people and I was working with a lot of really amazing people and not just in LA. I was doing phone work and remote viewing and remote healing for a lot, a lot, a lot of people and, you know, things like that. So that's essentially my awakening and what happened to me.
0: Was your um, affiliation with a lot of the big Hollywood people, was that kind of one was recommending to the next, to the next, to the next, because you were helping them like, Hey, this person's for real. They're helping me a lot.
1: Right. And I never really advertised. I, I never really did a website. I didn't want to be in the open. I just, I did it. You know, I had a I uh, I had a, a group at my house that met every Thursday night. It was my meditation group. And I would have like 20 to 25 people show up every Thursday night for five years. And I would work collectively with the group and, you know, teaching them and helping them and healing them. And it just, became word of mouth I mean I didn't even have a business card I mean I essentially in my mind you know said to the to the universe you know and source like whoever I'm supposed to meet you know bring them to me you know I wanted to test it out you know I didn't want to do what you know most people do I wanted you know I'm always testing the boundaries of things so I wanted to say, hey, I'm here. And if I'm supposed to meet that particular person, then, then they'll show up. And what was interesting is I'm a lucid dreamer. So a lot of the people that I met, I actually met them in my dream state first. And then I would have a client say, oh, Michelle, I met this actor. He just flew in from Germany. And, and then he'd be knocking on my door. And it was no surprise because that was the gentleman I dreamed about three months ago.
0: Would it be a name and everything, like like full personality, you knew who this person was? Or is it more imagery like, oh, I saw It was imagery.
1: You. Yeah, imagery. I mean, it was remarkable. You know, it, it, it just got more amazing. And I just went from that space of why would I need to advertise? Why would I need to come forward? And at the time, I was going through so much in my personal life because when I woke up, my whole life went south. I mean, a lot of people, when they wake up, have dramatic life changes. Right. I mean, my marriage dissolved. Um, you know, my husband got involved with the, with the, with a man who was essentially, you know, really dark and, you know, lived in uh, this 50 room castle in Scotland. And mm-hmm. essentially my husband had to leave the country and my phones were bugged by the FBI. And there was hitmen involved. I mean, it just, it was a book, a movie and a sequel. Mm. I mean, I was asked to write an autobiography about it, which I declined. So, and, and I didn't want to be in the forefront. You know, I had experienced so much emotional trauma just with my, you know, the dissolving of my 15-year marriage and what my children went through. And, and I was waking up this at the same time. And I had so many new things introduced to me because essentially when I woke up, I had no clue about energy or psychic abilities. I mean, I really didn't, you know, I knew when I, as a child that I was different, but I didn't have any language to to attach anything to. Right. You know, unless someone actually says, okay, this is this and that's that, then you know. But you you're just natural. You do, you have no idea.
0: Well growing up in normal Western culture, we don't get exposed to this for the most part. Unless no, you happen of to be not. born to a rare family that's into these sort of things.
1: Exactly. So so I didn't know that I could you know, I knew I did stuff, but it was natural to me. I didn't have any any language to attach to it. So I was going through a lot of stuff you know, simultaneously, and then working with all these different people and being introduced to that group and stuff like that. So I, on some level, sometimes I was pretty overwhelmed by it all. So I didn't want to be out there in a public forum or a website, or I didn't want that. I had gone through so much emotional pain with my split up and having to ground my children and put their lives back together after our life completely got destroyed. So I I didn't want anything, any more on my plate than I, than I, than I wanted. I wanted, I liked being, you know, sort of very, very private. And I was. People who met me spent time with me. You know, sometimes I had people that actually came to stay with me because I was living in in Glendale and I had a really big house at the time. And some of my clients actually would come and stay for a few days. And I did a weekend retreat with them. Some of them were going through divorces and, you know, just, just typical emotional traumatic experiences. So, and that, you know, I liked it. I didn't want to be known, you know, and if they got wind of me, they came to me. And that's how I pretty much worked under the radar for 11 years. And, you know, I liked it.
0: So what's changed now that you want to start being a public figure?
1: I think the universe kind of put that out there. I I don't think I really, I'm not going to say that I don't, didn't have a choice, but I knew that it was time for me to come forward. And I had been asked to do radio shows before and I declined. And I knew that eventually it was going to be time and that I would be ready. You know, it would happen when I would be ready. So then in I think it was February and March just of this year is when I did my first show and I actually discussed the entire, you know, breaking down, you know, it's of my life to my new life. You know, it was a two hour radio show where I actually went into intricate detail about what happened. And that was really disconcerting because I was like really nervous and, you know, apprehensive. Like, you know, I even kind of doubted myself at the end going, wow, did I do the right thing? And, but I knew I did you know so it kind of brought me out to to a higher public arena then i kept getting asked to do other things you know
0: how did that show go over and then how did it make you feel after you finally got it done and realized people were hearing you
1: yeah it was really weird because i became i i, I was on the radar now and i had a lot of i started getting government surveillance that's originally when it kind of happened it, it was subtle You know, it wasn't right in my face as much as it is now, but that's when I really realized the magnitude of it all. You know, I'd listened to a lot of other shows and, you know, I was listening to Project Camelot and I was listening to, you know, a lot of people that were coming out and talking. So I knew what that entailed. But I didn't realize in my, you know, myself that it would take off at that level.
0: So you started doing radio shows. And then what happened? Uh, you started meeting other people, you started getting c- connected to the truther kind of community thing.
1: Mm-hmm. I think the most profound experiences when I met up with a gentleman that was so uh, I don't know, what let's see, what's the word I'm looking for? He was obscure. And he had top clearance and he did did a lot of things that were very covert for the government. And I did a part one and a part two uh, regarding that interview with Revolution Radio and bringing him out to the forefront. I think when I met him, that was monumental because my life changed dramatically. And I had an interesting experience with him. I had first met him in my dreams and then I actually met him on Facebook and then this is what's really fascinating. I didn't know what he physically looked like. I I knew the energy was familiar. I knew that I was to interact with him. He was on a special op and I didn't know at the time what he looked like. So he was on a special op and he was in San Francisco and he had to come to 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 LA before his next his next trip. And he was calling me from a private SAT link. And that's a whole story. If people want to listen to it, I'm not going to go into great detail because I've already put it out there. What happened was, is he wanted to actually physically see me before we went to the next level. So he flew out while he was doing a special op and he had a few favors uh, for surveillance that he was asking the team for. And he had my number. So he was waiting for me to come down from my house to go for me to go shopping where I normally hang out at. And this is kind of funny because I remember he was, he actually dressed up as a, as a homeless man and he was sitting on the ground. <laughs> and I remember passing him and he says, ma'am, 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 do you have a dollar or you have some change? And I turned around and I said, sure. And I just, and I didn't know who he, I didn't think anything of it. And I walked away. It was funny because then he called his team and they, they picked him up in a, in a private car and they swooped him off to LAX. And then he went off to the other thing. And it was so funny because when I actually physically met him, I was, he goes, you remember, right? You know, and I go, oh my God, I totally remember. He says, what did I have on? (laughs) And I, and I knew, I said, so you surveilled me before you even would engage any further. So, so it was really interesting because I, the covert way of how we interacted was pretty intense and I never had experienced that. And now. Hell
0: of a first date.
1: Oh my God. I know it was, I mean, it was, you know, when you meet somebody and that vibration is so powerful that. It doesn't matter what you look like. It doesn't matter what your physical I mean there's no it's about energy. It's about soul level. It's about spirit. The connection between us from the day one in the dream state was so powerful. I mean, it was so I've never felt the magnetic pull of of that kind of energy ever. And you know when you look for your partner, you're looking for your twin flame as people. You know, it's kind of like a reflection or or you know, the opposite of yourself. It is there's nothing that can stop it. You know, even yourself, there. you know, you may have some work to do to get past that, but when it happens, it's there's nothing like it and there's no way to explain it. It's There's no word to explain that kind of connection. It is just primary. And, um, you know, and I had experiences with other gifted people, you know, most of the people that I interacted with were pretty... Gifted men. Some of them were famous, you know, and, but this particular being was just off the charts. And I knew that. And, and just the experiences that we have between each other was enough to get the attention of so much. I mean, you know, now I'm followed and my, my cell phone is surveyed and everywhere I go, I'm being GPS tracked. And so is he. And, and I live this kind of life now where I have no home base. I just go where I'm supposed to go. I just go where spirit guides me. And we're, we're both doing the same thing. It's just, it's so different than I could possibly imagine the direction. I mean, I was, I was a mother of three kids and, You know, that's what I did. I was your typical mom, you know, and now it's like, it's so different. I can't even explain it to you. I don't even know how I could. So anyway, so that's kind of like where I'm at right now. I mean, it is just such a profound existence and we work on many, many high levels. We do a lot of what I call grid work. I do a lot of recoding.
0: Do you want to explain what some of that is?
1: I can go into like a system. Like a computer system, you know. Let me give you an example. I can go into computer server, and just completely reprogram that server, and I can either destroy it or shift it to 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 do something
0: else. Now, do you mean electronically or in, on a spiritual kind of level?
1: Well, both. Both. I can go into any kind of system.
0: So, it's a hacker kind of thing.
1: Energetically, I guess you could say that, but not in a in a negative kind of. Connotation. This is more like
0: you're manipulating electromagnetic fields. Exactly.
1: Yeah, and I'm known for that. I mean, that's that's why I'm kind of, for the most part, really surveilled.
0: And what do you think they're surveilling you for? What do you think there's the meaning behind all this?
1: I've had like five attempts on my life. So when you get to that kind of level, you're considered what they call you're on a what what is called a no kill list. What does that mean? And that means. Psychically, on some level, they've tried to take you out, but they can't, and there's a reason why they can't. Meaning that you're supposed to be here on a spiritual level.
0: Because it seems kind of silly that a sniper couldn't get you if they really wanted to.
1: Well, when you want to really understand that, I mean, and I've had I've had bullets fly by me. I've had the police tape my wall, my house off, and pull the bullets out of it. When you understand energy, those bullets are coming at you at a certain frequency. Well, if you're at this frequency, there's no logical way that those bullets will hit you. And not a lot of people really understand that until you really see it. It's one of those things where your mind has to wrap itself around it. And when you really comprehend energy, there's nothing that will take you out. Do you understand that? I Mm -hmm. mean, I've had lots of premonitions. I mean, I knew three months in advance that that my car was going to get totaled when I was in it. I dreamed it. I saw the the visions, and then the car crash happened. And my car was total. I walked away totally unhurt. And at the time, I was working with Candace Calloway, and I shared I shared the premonition with her. And I remember calling her as I'm in the tow truck, and I'm like, yep, Candace, crash happened. She goes, oh, you know, yeah, mm-hmm. dear, you're fine. I go, yes. Yeah. And it, essentially what that was was to tell me, it doesn't matter what happens to you, Michelle. You're staying here. And I'm not the only one who's experienced that. I mean, I mean, if you if your soul is here for a reason and you have a job to do that's significant, it doesn't matter what what any other energy is going to attempt to you. You're staying. Right. You either get that or you don't get that.
0: You need to get your job done.
1: Exactly. And there's nothing other than that that's going to take you off the planet. So after a while of the attempts, they just, okay, she's on the no-kill list. Okay, gotcha.
0: So have they stopped trying to do it then?
1: Yeah, because it's not possible. I mean, it's just, it's not feasible. You know, and when I was on the train recently, I, I was surveilled. I had two of what is called the team on the train, and they were there to MM, which is monitor and maintain and profile me. This is also in the, the part two of my interview with Revolution Radio with Terry Joyce. Anyway, I got a phone call. I call him Joe. So I don't give his real name for because I keep him, his identity private. Sure. Um, he's, he, yeah, he's, uh, not really allowed to come forward at, at this level. So I keep him as Joe. So anyway, Joe called me as I was on the second day on the train and he had remote viewed the entire train and he was shadowing me. So he just said, there's two agents on the train. He says, these, these are what these people look like. Have they made contact with you? And I said, yeah. I said, the gentleman made contact with me yesterday he says, Oh, so he's already made verbal contact with you. I said, Yeah. He says he's part of the team. He's there to survey and, and profile you. When you
0: say verbal contact, he approached you and actually engaged you in conversation. Oh yeah,
1: he shook my hand. He he was very professional. What did he say? He just introduced himself and, and um
0: Hi, I'm a CIA agent kind of thing. No,
1: but <laughs> no, not exactly, but because you know and at the time I didn't know. Who he was, but then after the fact, after Joe told me, he says, "Oh yeah." Then I got it because he was military. He he actually talked about it, and and I could tell. I mean, it was pretty intense. And I
0: mean, did he look like a military guy? Oh yeah, a shaved completely. head.
1: No, he didn't have shaved head, but he was tall. He was exactly as Joe described him. Joe remote viewed him, and he down to the the khaki pants and the white shirt and the glasses. <laughs> you know, and Joe well, Joe's very highly advanced, so you know, he's done so many things.
0: There's a lot of info out there on remote viewing and what can be done with it, so... Oh, yeah. It's not I like mean, this is something new that a lot of people haven't heard of already.
1: Right, yeah. And we're both remote viewers. I'm a, we're, I'm a remote viewer as well. So it was it was fascinating. I mean, and that's kind of like how my life has transpired, you know, that, you know, I'm, I'm kind of now at this point, I'm used to being surveilled. And the fact I'm with such a high-profile individual who lives a life of obscurity, you know, doesn't really exist... You know, so so they essentially watched both of us. I mean, they even sequestered him for three days before I even came out there and gave him a GovCom phone, which is mandated because of the work he he has done.
0: Now, are they afraid you're going to do something? Is that why they're keeping a, an eye on you? Like, would the government be perceived as like a negative entity, like these covert groups, these black ops groups, whatever you want to call them? Are they afraid of that you're going to disrupt some kind of plans that they have?
1: I think they they follow you and they they watch you closely to see what you're doing you know they they don't want you to interfere on on certain levels with what they're doing
0: what are they doing
1: gosh it's like
0: i mean is there an end game for them kind of thing
1: well yeah they have a they have a design that they are are running that they need to implement which they've in, implemented yeah
0: i mean is this is this the whole part of the the new world order thing that's going yeah. on that- yeah A lot of the – we hear a lot about this Mm -hmm. from many different people, many different angles. Mm
2: -hmm. Yeah.
0: So they are trying to institute a one-world government, a eugenics program, and a transhumanism program.
1: You know, I don't know if it's transhuman as much as it is – they have an agenda that is – well, you know, it's been in place for a long time. They've been trying to implement it. Sometimes it didn't work, and, and we're pretty much seeing a lot of that being done right now. I mean, I think it's on phase three right now. Is what what it's called?
0: Well, if I understand correctly, on their original plan, they wanted to have this instituted by 2000.
1: Right. So they're delayed. Which
0: didn't. Yeah,
1: it didn't. Or whatever transpire. reasons. Yeah.
0: Right. And then they instituted, of course. 9-11 mm-hmm. to kind of really shake things up and get it back on track
1: yeah but now it's pretty much full-blown i mean
0: well they had that and then they just use that as an excuse to clamp down on everything and well yeah and really kick things into high gear for uh, for their plans yeah
1: it's really kicked into high gear i mean it's like everybody's talking about september which is true there's a lot gonna happen and when i was at the location i was at i was at a specific restaurant and a huge i mean everybody's talking about jade helm i was in a in a in a local restaurant um, at the location I was two months ago, and an entire team of about I'd say fifteen of uh, FEMA workers came in with their FEMA T-shirts, and they were ordering food, and they were sitting, you know, they had their clipboards, and they were ha- conducting a FEMA. Hmm. um kind of like a like a little meeting there which is interesting because it was close to a lot of the you know everybody's talking about the closing of the Walmarts
0: right yeah i remember that
1: i saw it i took a lot of photos of it i took photos of them and so that pretty much is is really you know activate. what do you
0: know about the Jade Helm thing because everyone has been speaking about that for ages now, and what do you know
1: well they're they're preparing for for martial law. They're preparing for you know when when electricity goes out in big cities and and there's no water and
0: so it's for takeover of american cities.
1: Well yeah, for america, yeah
0: that's that's what the big rumor is, and of course they're denying that.
1: Well, of course. And they did. They came on the news and said, everybody's talking about this. It's really just a a typical, um, what do you call that? Just a practice run, you know, but it's, it's, they're getting ready. I mean, it's not just a practice run.
0: I, I think it's pretty to... obvious that that's what they're getting ready yeah, for. They
1: don't want to incite fear or, you know, there's enough, but, but yeah. And there's just so much going on in in the world and it's just accelerating completely. That's very true. Yeah. And. I've been preparing, I mean, I kind of went through like a, I want to call like a boot camp kind of two months, but I guess that preparation, I mean, I learned how to survive in when there's nothing, you know, and that's a thing. I mean, it's going to get really, really rough in these big cities. You know, what about the, you think about all the extremely wealthy people who, who, who don't really know how to survive.
0: Right. Because they're used to their pampered lifestyles.
1: Exactly. But what happens when that goes south? And there's a lot of people, you know, in big cities that aren't going to be able to wrap their minds around it. You know, they're not going to be able to to sit in a 100 degree weather and not have water for like a day and survive. There's going to be a lot of meltdowns. So that's why they're preparing, you know, these places like FEMA and these camps. Because mentally, when you when you put a human mind through that those kind of experiences and that human mind isn't capable of wrapping itself around the degree and the magnitude of what this reality has set up you know i mean it's like taking someone who's lived a very you know comfortable life and plopping them down an island and throwing them sticks and said here this is what you get you need Mm -hmm. to hunt your food and you you know if you want light you better figure out how to make a fire i mean that's pretty extreme yeah. And that's essentially what they are preparing for. Right. Yeah. And if you haven't mentally prepared yourself, then you're you're not going to you're not going to fare very well and that's going to happen.
0: Do you know what the incident that's going to be to cause the possibility of electricity going down and water systems going down and all that?
1: Well, it right now, I mean, we're right now just this just last week we've had a lot of uh things happen financially. I mean, there are certain areas that already have gone down. They've been black. They've been testing. I mean, they, they'll black out a city for a few hours just to test it out. I think on some level, it's just going to be instigated manually, I guess you could say. It's going to be brought on. There's not going to be any kind of real like reason for it other than, you know, there's going to be a makeup story for it, which is, you know, kind of typical of how things are.
0: So is this to take over everything? Just to militaristically take over the country?
1: Yeah, it's to put it in full bloom, you know, full course.
0: Do you have is there a timetable that anyone's aware of?
1: Well, I think a lot of stuff is happening in September. I mean, we've we have seen it escalate in the last few months. I mean, enormously, you know, situation with with China. There's been a lot of things with ISIS. You know, there. It's not just one thing. It's it's accumulations of of many events that that put everything into like a domino effect. You know, I mean that that is essentially what's going to happen. It's already happened.
0: Is this supposed to be a worldwide economic collapse and then mm-hmm. then?
1: Yeah, and we have we you know we're we're indebted to China for like large amounts of some and large amounts of money, and it's not so much the China people, it's the entity of China.
0: Sure, the corporate identity of China.
1: Right. So when when stocks fall and things get manipulated on that level, and when everything bottoms out, well, then we won't own own China. We won't owe China any money because that entity has been dissolved. Hmm. Okay, do you understand that? So then, China's China's not going to be too happy about that. Right. So America is going to just kind of shrug their shoulders and say, "Oh, well, hey." You know, it's just dissolved. We don't really owe the entity anything because the entity doesn't exist anymore.
0: Is that because behind the scenes that the American Empire is really, really is the most powerful thing on the planet and they've got lots of militaristic weapons that we couldn't even really fathom about and they're like, go ahead and try something?
1: Right, exactly. You know, there's a lot of things. You know, people talk about harp, people talk about all these other things. Well, there is much more things other than harp.
0: Well, if that's what's public, and I've always said this, God only knows what they've really got.
1: Right, exactly.
0: So, my theory has always been that they've got some really cool phaser guns and things like that. That, uh, should something really insane happen, like China attacks something like that, you're going to see crazy Star Wars weapons all of a sudden well, yeah, being used. Exactly. And you may not even realize they're being used because they're so high tech. There might be certain kinds of satellites or space stations or something. This is always, I mean, I have no proof of this, but mm-hmm. I've always conjectured that. Of course, the military is always ahead. Right. Now, they admitted how many decades ahead just the stealth fighters were. Right. Stealth fighters, stealth bombers. That was made decades before, and nobody saw it publicly until 1989.
1: And honestly, you, you, if you really look at its strategy, America's really not going to make those kind of movements. Unless they know what they're sitting on.
0: Right. So they can have big balls. Right. Because they know what they've got. No one else does. Right.
1: Exactly. That's what I'm saying.
0: And it kind of is a great big game of chess in the sense that they can move their pieces into place and then kind of dare the other side to be like...
1: Like, go ahead. Bring it on.
0: I mean, it could just be a really good poker face, too. But considering the, the, the trillions and trillions of black budget dollars that have been dumped... Just the people who have gotten out and said, "By the way, you have no idea what they've got. It's insane." Exactly. I, I think it's safe to say they've got some pretty cool toys.
1: Exactly, and it, and you know, and and the um, what United States is very wealthy and tax taxes. You know, a lot of the
0: you wouldn't think it looking at our cities, but all that money right, is going is somewhere, going somewhere. And there have been plenty of people who have, have said, "Hey, there's a there's multiple black budget programs. There's a breakaway civilization. They've got space technology mm-hmm. that is not shooting a tin can at a rock. Exactly. It's It's there's some serious stuff out there and
1: underground." basis that haven't even that as well that haven't even had titles or or known right you know so so that money is being siphoned into all those different areas
0: so while the cities above for the you know the average people are just falling into complete disarray
1: right right
0: they've been building these high-tech facilities in space underground Mm -hmm. in in mountains
1: yeah so this whole plan has been designed for a long time they're just now implementing like you said in 2000 this was so they're they're behind a bit You know, so now that now it's really escalating, you know, and you think about look at look at the poverty. I mean, look at look at the um, amount of people that are on government assistance now. I mean, you have middle class families that can't even take care of themselves anymore. I mean, it's just unreal.
0: And it's unacceptable. It's not even it doesn't even have to exist. The amount of money they spent just going over the Middle East in the past, uh, whatever it is now, 15 years or whatever. Mm -hmm. You could have built housing and fed the homeless and not even feed the homeless you could have established some sort of farming facilities or whatever just to make enough food to i mean we could have a much closer to a utopian society if they wanted to put that money somewhere instead of just blowing it all in these insane military industry right you know contracts and everything they're just blowing stupid amounts of money that could could be put
2: mm-hmm. towards
0: creating this buck rogers society if they wanted to mm-hmm. but we don't get that no they just do whatever the hell they want to do hmm and pretty much screw the average person.
1: And then you think of the average person, it's like really are you is it really time for you to figure this out and wake up? I mean, you have to put some responsibility on the on on just humanity.
0: Well, they're not. They I think everybody who's awake to some degree realizes there's just this mass distraction going on Mm -hmm. they just throw beer and football and celebrities sports dancing with the stars and god only knows just throwing it at people and they're falling for it
1: right exactly and
0: then couple that with we scientifically know that there's things going on with mind control with Mm -hmm. television and all the different Mm -hmm. all the crazy stuff like the way the light bulbs interact like it's all it can put you into a hypnotic state right you know, yeah. I, don't, I don't watch TV for this reason. I'm well aware what it does. I've watched people and how it puts them into this glazed look in their eyes right. and their mouths half hanging open. No, it, it can hypnotize you.
1: No, they, they subliminally there's, – there's information that's constantly put out there. This is how you're supposed to look like. This is the, the role model that you're, you're supposed to be designed off of and people fall into that stuff and they get so preoccupied by trying to live up to those designs and
0: – Unrealistic expectations. Yeah,
1: yeah, it's just not real.
0: You know, it's not real. And it's even worse today because now they'll Photoshop oh, everything completely. out of existence. Like people who don't like people aren't made that way. Right. I they'll mean, sculpt people, especially girls. They'll mm-hmm. make them look so perfect. And then you have young girls confidence just being absolutely devastated because yeah. they're trying to look at these these magazines like I want to look like that. Well, human beings actually don't look like that. That is something that was sculpted in a computer.
1: Yeah. And the suicide rate and the the drug abuse rate is just astronomically off the charts. I mean, I've been in locations where I've, you know, it's one thing to understand that kind of life, but it's one thing to be plopped in the middle of it. I was plopped in the middle of it. I saw the most decadent, horrific ways of living that I, you know, I've talked about it. I've worked with, you know, a lot of drug abusers and sexual abuser, but I was in it for a while. I experienced it firsthand. Homelessness, destitution, areas that just no longer had any jobs or money. I lived it, you know, and I was an observer and I watched it and I and I was in, in it in a way where I actually lived that kind of life on some level.
0: Now, did you see any of the ritualistic sexual abuse and that kind of thing that's going on? I, I You hear a lot of stories about, especially in Hollywood and things like that, that there's a lot of crazy stuff that goes on behind the scenes that, you know, they're doing all this crazy magic.
1: Yeah, well that dark magic. Right. And there was just something that came out about that. I mean, there was actually a independent film that talked about that, how producers and directors were molesting and and sexually abusing rituals with these young stars and stuff like that. And they were trying to to get rid of that film and it actually did really well, I think in in Sundance, I think. I read an article about that. That's around, but it's not just in Hollywood. Okay, that is in it, Obscure areas in the United States. That's not just a Hollywood thing. That's just, you know, the the the. You think it's just there, but it's not. I mean, in the place that I was in, I mean, it was like incest and the breeding of
0: pedophilia. Oh yeah, all of it. Massive pedophilia. And and I actually
1: saw these kids that were born from the. They're they do they look like they're they're inbred in such a way. They they their faces are different. Their minds work differently. You can kind of tell, like. This cousin slept with that cousin and that, I mean, Mm. I met a woman that actually had like eight different children with eight, you know, eight different men. And when you're in a, there's, when there's no money, and there's drug abuse and all you you don't have money to go out and do anything. You don't have money to be creative. You don't have money to put your God given skills to work. What what do you do for pleasure and, and excitement? Well it's like you have sex.
0: Sex. That's it. That's it. That's so all you got.
1: That's it. You know, you either do the drugs or you have sex or you have sex to get the drugs. Because you don't have any money. So what happens is you just keep generating these children that are just what I call lost, the lost souls, the lost children. And you keep breeding and they keep breeding and it's just monumental. And I've never, I, you know, I've heard about it, but, 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 I actually lived it and I was like, okay, this is just the saddest thing. I mean, I, it was, it was gut wrenching to, to see it firsthand and to, to interact with them and to talk to them. And, you know, I, I feel so much because honestly, there's no guidance, and they have no desire to lift themselves out of it because their souls just don't have the strength to do so. There's nothing there. It's like they're empty shells. Well, you know, they
0: probably don't have much of an IQ to begin with.
1: No, because they comprehended
0: what to do in the first place. Right,
1: and there's so much breeding of it that that after a while, they these kids become. I don't want to say retarded, but they're they're just. There's nothing there. Right. They drop out of school. Then they're 13 and they get pregnant and then they repeat the same cycle. And
0: so what- that's only going to end in just absolute disaster. Exactly. I and mean, this is the movie Idiocracy, but even worse. Right. Really?
1: Yeah. It's, you know, and people really don't think about that. People don't, you know, I mean, I would, I discussed it, but until you're in it, you don't realize there are some really destitute areas in the United States. I mean, we talk about different countries like Africa and greece that are going through period but it's right here it's right here in the most wealthiest country in the world
0: that's because this country is so big and you have so many isolated communities exactly it just might not be getting out and honestly if someone doesn't want to film it record it get it out there how would you know Mm -hmm. and all the insane i know there's just a ridiculous amount of sexual What's the word I'm looking for? It, it, ritualistic abuse. Right. I've, right. I, I've personally interviewed people who have talked about it that have happened. It's happened to them.
1: Right. Well, you know what sexual uh, ritual abuse does actually, especially when you're working in the government and they're training and they're creating super soldiers, is they have to. What happens is is
0: destroys their subconscious. Really.
1: Well, right. Well, at a certain age, when you're a child, um, when you're sexually abused at such a severe level, it goes up your spine and splits your brain into into different personalities. And when they split your brain so severely they they slip different personalities in there. It's kinda of like the Manchurian candidate. Right. Yeah. So that is why that ritual is done. It's 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 an agenda of okay, we want this person to do this, but we don't want this personality to to recognize it.
0: So they kinda of get two things out of it. They get you know, an agent of evil that they're creating for whatever they want. Exactly. And then they also supposedly use it to channel for dark
2: mm-hmm. rituals. Mm-hmm.
0: You know, dark entities, they call up things. Right. They, they use it to, sometimes it's used in sympathetic magic where they're trying to cause certain things to happen. Right. So they're taking away the innocence of the child and they're using that right. psychokinetic energy to funnel into whatever it is. Right. Whatever mani- dreadful thing they want to do. Yeah, they're
1: manifesting and riding on that wave of sexual energy to create whatever manifestation they, they, they want. You know, it's kind of like
0: you can see the result of that though. I mean, look at the world what it is. It's falling apart. It doesn't have to be that way. It's the twenty first century. We have the means to have an incredibly beautiful, self-sustaining planet mm-hmm. if that's what, what the desire was. But it's quite obvious that it it is not. Yeah,
1: it went down a very twisted, sick road, you know, and we're seeing the ramifications of that. And clearly something has to be done because it can't I mean it can't continue. There's always a beginning and there's always an end. And we're coming to that to that proverbial end, and it's something pretty monumental. And it's, it's, I don't want to say it's, uh, it's inevitable, but on some level, yeah. When you start out this way and, you, and, it, and it gets twisted, it, it's not going to end pretty.
2: No. You know,
1: there, there are certain things that are, you know, it's like the snowball. It's like when it's going down the, down the mountain, it just gains momentum and it gains more heaviness. There's just no stopping it on some level. You know, and you, you look at like, what is, what is going to change? I mean, how are those, you know, thousands and thousands of people that live in those destitute little towns, who's going to, who's going to help them? Who's going, who's going to send them money and, and give them educations and, and help their children? Are they like, are they like a waste? Do we just, are they just, you know, brainless and we just take them out? I mean, who, who makes those choices?
0: Well, at some point that cycle that, especially in those kinds of things that needs to stop. Yeah. But you're right. Who is it that's going to make those decisions? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Obviously that's a huge societal change that needs to occur. And I don't think we're at that point. I mean, most people are content to go home, watch football and drink beer and repeat. Yeah. Go to work. Yeah. Do nothing.
1: And it's kind of like along the lines it's like there's there's an understanding of certain. And when you look at nature, you know, I kind of I try not to be really biased in one direction or the other. I mean, if you look at just general nature, I mean, you look at like a major earthquake or or a volcano or a hurricane, you know Mother Nature does what she's gonna do. I mean she doesn't apologize for wiping out millions of people. you know I mean you kind of have to look at that is that what happens there you know that that happens for whatever reason it happens i mean you know you you have to wrap your mind around certain things you know there were a lot of things that changed in in my way of thinking regarding things you know what's what's worse having someone starved to death their entire life and then dying, it, you know, other, th- you know, or what's, what's, you know, you, you go through all these different values in your mind and ideologies of what, you know, you know, and we label things, you know, and, you know, it's kind of like when you, when you see a horse and it's been injured and it's an amazing race horse and it lost its leg. I mean, do you let it suffer? Do you shoot it in the head? You know, I mean it, Right. You know, so it's like you kind of weigh that stuff, you know, and and when I experienced what I experienced and I saw all this, I'm like, I really had to think about certain things in a different light. And my perception about life and my perception of, you know, why I became gifted and why I, you know, I'm working at the level that I'm working at, you know, like. You know, I'm still learning. I mean, life my life is a journey. I'm I always say that I'm a, you know, student of life and and what I thought about 10 years ago, and when I woke up in 2004, I'm different now than then. I've had a lot of experiences since since then. Sure. And my belief system then is totally different than it is now.
0: Well, I would think so if you were living just a typical American materialistic lifestyle. Mhm. You probably weren't considering a whole heck of a lot of
1: no because other that, things yeah that's that's generally what everybody else does when they when they haven't woken up yet you know it's it's pain changes people you know that's it either sure. it, you know it either changes you for the better or it changes you for the worst and right. that is your responsibility of what direction you you're gonna take it yep so that is the big proverbial question It's like what kind of person are you gonna be after the pain is gone
0: and that's really a judgment of how of what your strength of character really exactly, is. Exactly, your soul. Either you're going to buckle or you're going to grow.
1: Exactly. You know, and everything essentially is growth. And I've always kind of lived a life as I, you know, I've never wanted to stay the same person yesterday that I will be tomorrow. You know I'm having this discussion with you but down the road, you know in a few months from now I'm I'm going to look back at this interview and there might be things that, that might change regarding my beliefs now. Do you know what I mean? I mean Of course.
0: You and d- then we just do another one.
1: Exactly. And you just keep evolving and keep growing. So it's interesting. And and the, the less biased you can be about certain things, the more you comprehend it, the more you grow.
0: Of course. Well, the important thing is to always be open-minded because what you don't know and or understand today, you might a year from now. Yeah,
1: and you won't understand it until you're a certain level of understanding, you know, because then you have a doorway that that solidifies and opens up so you can actually go, okay, now I understand that. I could have never understood it a year ago because I, I wasn't at the comprehension level that I am now because I had to have all these experiences to get to there so that I could understand it.
0: I kind of describe that to people vibrationally. You know, you, you're raising your level, you're, and as you raise your level, your capability of understanding grows. Exactly. And I kind of always felt that the highest vibration, if uh, you want me to get me mildly esoteric here, would be love. Pure, unconditional love would be the highest vibration. Right. And that could also be what God truly is.
1: Exactly. And I had to kind of go to that space um, when I met Joe and, I knew what he was capable of doing and what he had done. You know, he was a psychic assassin. I mean, he was somebody that, I mean, he can literally kill you with a thought. I mean, that is essentially what he was. He was a surveyor. He was a psychic assassin. He did a lot of suicide mind control. He he can literally kill you. You know, he was essentially like the characters in uh, that film, Men Who Stared Goats. Mm. And when I first met him, he actually psychically tried to stop my heart. And I was—I knew that it existed, but I never had it actually happen. So there was, there was like a forgiveness that I had to come to terms to because essentially he was trained to do that, and he believed what he was doing was right. Okay, so so my thing is, well, if he believed he was right, and in his in his being that that's where his soul was. Do I judge him because he thought – you know, it's kind of like all the men that sign up for war. Once you sign your name to go to, to go to war, you're signing a piece of paper that says, if it comes to this, I'm going to kill other people. Right. But they believe that what they're doing is right.
0: They're doing it for queen and country.
1: Exactly. So, So do we judge them as being bad? I mean, what is bad? You know, if you believe something, that's what you believe. So I had to like go into the space of love. And and love is essentially absence of judgment. So when I met Joe and I had this four-year experience with him, and granted, it was difficult. I mean, I went through a lot of issues and pain and, and I mean, trials and with this gentleman, you know. There were times where it was just like, you know, it wasn't easy. But I had to come... To terms with them myself to do that you know what i forgive you i get why you did this i get why you were where you were, were at was
0: he part of the whole program where they they abuse you as a child No, actually and-
1: that was interesting because i discussed that with him because i have actually worked with super soldiers that were sexually abused and i asked him that i said were you one of those and no he never had that because he was Well, i
0: think they do that so that they destroy any capability of them to have a normal person's ethics. Right. So they don't even know well, what's he right was, from wrong. Well,
1: granted, Joe was broken down, but not quite at that that he did he already had extreme psychic abilities. He didn't have to be broken down to access what he could do. I mean he was he was I would say beyond the super soldier. Um his skills were off the charts. He he has Reese's Knoll blood type, which only 50 people on the planet have. I mean, I didn't even know in research, I didn't even know that that blood type exists. But when you have that kind of blood type, you have a certain type of body that can access certain type of frequencies and energies. And he was already predispositioned to be what he was. So they didn't have to break him down. I mean, in fact, he was the one who essentially kind of wrote the code on how to do a bunch of stuff i mean he's also autistic savant meaning his i he was tested menza at i think 348 iq when he was 18 years old hmm. i mean 348 that's pretty monumental at 18
0: i would say so. yeah and
1: that's when he really they brought him in at 18 i mean he worked he did a lot of stuff for icor
0: who brought him in like how did he get involved they how did they find they him?
1: find you you know they find you you know it's it's all how though psychically you know,
0: because that's a fascinating subject in and of itself. How would they find people with these kind of capabilities? They
1: just know. They they have people that find you. Okay, it's it's psychic. It's it's following the threads. It's reading the energy. It's, every single person has a signature. Some people, it's easier to access them and find them. And
0: this almost reminds me of the X Men.
1: Yeah, exactly. Pretty much so.
0: But fiction often mirrors life.
1: Exactly. You know what is it? Truth. Real life is stranger than fiction. How about that mm. one?
0: Heard that said many times. <laughs>
1: exactly, and it's true. Because you know what he had in, what he went through, and and what he what transpired with him was is just amazing. I mean, and I can't go into a lot of stuff because, you know, I'm kind of, I did, you know, I'm kind of under a oath myself, on some level with him. That there are things that I won't disclose.
0: Have you been put into service to the government, with the government?
1: That I'm not. That I won't disclose either on certain levels. I won't talk about that.
0: Fair enough. <laughs> Well, it sounds like because you're involved with this person, it almost sounds like he's trying to redeem himself in some way. Mm-hmm. He's obviously aware of the New World Order program. Right. Is he trying to turn the tables now and save humanity?
1: Well, when he met me, he was steeped in it. And he knew that in order to actually have a relationship with me, that he would have to walk away from it. You know, and and in the Vanderbilt, he said, yeah, he did. He... he He walked away from it.
0: Is that possible?
1: Well, you know, when they, when they, you, yeah, I guess, I guess it depends on how you look at it. It's not just the government. I mean, there's different teams. I mean, you're talking, there's the Illuminati, which is essentially the Illuminated Ones, which is a group that actually controls everything. They control the government, they control, you know, they're, they're...
0: How would you define the Illuminati? Because obviously people have kind of their own points of view on, on who the elite and the Illuminati and who these people really are. The
1: Illuminati you never really shows you who they really are. They're so obscure that you never see a photograph. You don't really know their names, but they're... And I doubt
0: they call themselves the Illuminati.
1: They're the they're the architects of the, the structure.
0: The great architect?
1: I wouldn't say the... Well, It, it they're the architect that is, that is essentially put all the pieces together, but it not necessarily has gone according to plan. Mm. Okay. So there's, there's that team that, that is, that is there. So, I mean, I'm really being careful right now. He has connections with the Illuminati directly, but he also had connections with the government and, and his involvement with that. And with NASA, um, he did, did some stuff with NASA. And then when he realized what, they were asking of him is when he, he pulled away from NASA because he...
0: Now, regarding NASA, do you know what the lunar wave is that's been caught on camera numerous times?
1: Are you talking about the ribbon that's going through, through the... The ribbon that's, a, that's an energy field that's supposed to come through the planet? Is I'm...
0: No, there have been multiple people, and the most famous one is a guy who goes by Crow777. He has captured on camera numerous times uh it almost looks like a hologram refreshing itself over the moon oh
1: wow no i haven't heard but numerous
0: people with different kinds of equipment at different times and basically what i'm getting at is uh do you know anything about what the moon actually is because that's a big thing going around right now that's pretty
1: huge i've heard so many things like it's a it's like a what was in the, in the Star Wars? It's a Death Star. It's not really real. It's metal. Not even necessarily
0: that it's not real because I'm pretty sure it can be quantifiably measured. Mm-hmm. But that there's things that are obfuscated about mm-hmm. it. And the big theory, I think, I, I could be wrong here and maybe I'll get a whole bunch of comments that you're wrong, Jason. But it seems like that there's some sort of facade over the moon because there may actually be things there that they don't – they, quote, unquote, don't want us to see, whoever they might actually be. Mm-hmm. And that seems like a more likely scenario because it certainly seems like you can see that there's a big rock in the sky mm-hmm. or you can interact with it in some way, shape or form. So there probably is something there, but more to the point, they're hiding something. That seems more logical than the whole thing is fake.
1: Yeah, I don't believe that it's some sort of starship, that it's metal and that it's – I don't believe that. That I don't psychically see. You know, I have not done a lot of research about it. I know that there's a lot of. I mean, you probably know more about that than I do.
0: Remote viewers have said before that there's bases on the moon. Oh,
1: I'm sure there are, but I, but I, but as far as it being metal and being man-made or alien-made, I don't believe that.
0: Well, there's just a whole bunch of theories. There's there. This is true, actually. There are a lot of ancient peoples who say there was a time before there was a moon in the sky. Mm-hmm. Hypothesizing off of that is, it was put there at some point in humanity's past for whatever reason. Mm -hmm. And I'll go so far as to say there is something interesting about the fact that it's mathematically right, done right, that the moon can obscure the sun perfectly. And, you know, Mm -hmm. it's kind of like, what are the odds?
1: Well, it's kind of like the whole theory of, of Saturn, you know, I mean, the rings around Saturn, I mean... I've heard that that the, the Palladians lived on Saturn and they destroyed Saturn and the rings around it are still the debris from from destroying the planet and that's why the Palladians had to leave Saturn and, and go out.
0: And what about the great storm, the hexagonal storm on one on one pole and the the big eye looking storm on the other?
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And apparently, ancient peoples knew it had rings and that's where the whole cult of Saturn thing kind of all gets woven into all right. these mythologies. And what is all this? Right. And, and what what did these people really know thousands and thousands of years ago?
1: Yeah, and they also used the term Saturn as Satan. Satan.
0: Mm, that's yeah. part of the etymology.
1: Right, wow. so there's so much stuff out there, you know? I mean, if you if you get lost, it's like I try to keep uh, the emphasis on planet Earth. <laughs>
0: <laughs> right, well, it's kind of hard to quantify things that are that far out. Right,
1: exactly. Yeah. You know, That doesn't
0: mean you can't point a telescope at it and be like, hmm. Yeah. That's that's something.
1: I th- I just don't think we I I think we've got to to use our mind power and our and our love power to to focus on what is needed here. You know, I mean, granted there's so much being spent on on space exploration, you know, when we can't even get, you know, some of the some people fed here.
0: Well, it shows you that once again, the decision is being made to not do those things. Exactly,
1: and that's what I'm saying. There's no
0: reason why those things can't be being done. It's just being chosen not to.
1: Right, right. There's more curiosity about what's out there versus let's, let's take care of the human race.
0: Any random billionaire, I think it's safe to say, could feed the planet if he, she, it wanted to put that money and resources oh, definitely. into it happening.
1: And create food that isn't GMO or, or you know, something that will destroy, you know, our bodies and things like that. So it's like, and right. I even, what was it? I heard, I heard that Starbucks was now serving GMO beans <laughs> and, you know, and I was like, okay, no, because I used to always go to Starbucks and have their coffee. And I read an article about that and I was like, really? You know, I mean, and you... You think about all these these places that are actually saying okay okay to it, and they're actually in this country. I mean, a lot of other countries have banned GMO foods. Right. Oh, but, yeah, absolutely. But no, we haven't.
0: Well, the, again, this is all the sleeping people. They're just letting these corporations do whatever they want to, and it's bowling right over them. And a small amount of people care mm-hmm. and are trying to fight back against it. But until the majority, you can vote with your dollars. We're not so far gone yet that if everybody in, in – Let's say the United States got ticked off at Coca-Cola about some particular thing and said, we're not going to buy your soda anymore if you don't change X. Yeah. I'm pretty certain they would change that, whatever that is, because they have a monopoly they want to keep. Yeah. But people have to want to do that.
2: Right.
1: They have to have a desire to create thought that would say, okay, this is not okay. I mean, more people are really stepping up the bandwagon. I mean, more people are doing, you know, more people that have worked in the government, more people that have have experienced and seen things are really jumping to the forefront. And we talked about this.
2: Mm-hmm. Uh,
1: a lot of whistleblowers and a lot of things are happening. But there's so much, you know, misinformation that is like, there's no reason to talk about that. I mean, I've, I've listened to some of this stuff. And it just goes so far out there that there's a point where conspiracyism can kind of become an addiction. It's like, okay, who has the most craziest story? Okay, let's <laughs> run with that one because that right. sounds really interesting. And it take goes off topic.
0: It does. I think it's because people get really obsessed with this stuff because they're they're getting hooked on the fact that like, oh my god, I'm learning the truth. And then whomever, you know, the powers that be, whatever you want to call it. Where we're like, well, they're actually starting to hit hit home on some things, so we need to put some serious bullshit out there. Exactly. And then you get things like, and this is just my opinion, and I could be completely wrong, but the flat Earth is, I think, a perfect example right. of that. That's going. There's around. a huge thing going on. It's huge. About the flat Earth, and yeah. I'm just like, you got you got people who are doing great work on false flags, mm-hmm. and all this other. They're really hitting home on a lot of things, and then they're buying into the Earth being flat. And I'm sure that they've got their own mathematics saying this is this. And this. I don't know. It just seems ludicrous to me. First,
1: it was like the Hollow Earth, and there's all these people living in the middle of the that earth. That was a big thing, yeah. For a that while. was. It's like things. That's
0: just not the in vogue theory right. anymore. I know. It's like
1: okay, let's let's introduce this, and you know, let's introduce this crazy idea. It's like okay, let's run with that one, you know. And it happens, you know. But, but I mean, back to to humanity. It's like the you know. It's nice to think about that stuff, but it still doesn't solve what's really happening here. Like, you know, I mean, we have – People
0: are starving to death yeah, every day. People don't have homes. Right.
1: And- so so do we really care if it's flat or not? I mean, there's people living on it. I mean, so, you know, it's back – That was kind
0: of my take on it too. It's like, does it matter? Right.
1: It's back to basics. I mean, what are our human feelings about love and compassion and caring for each other and and what's – What's humanitarian or what's not, you know, who cares if it's flat at this point? It's all going to hell in a handbasket. It doesn't matter if it's flat. Well, the bottom
0: line is people aren't taking care of themselves. Exactly. We're, we're not helping each other. We're, I mean, obviously, we're trying to do something by getting information out there, but the bottom line is there's. About 7 billion people and the majority of them aren't doing anything to help their fellow man. Well,
1: yeah, because they can't help themselves on a certain point. And there's so much selfishness and there's so much desensitizing of of humanity and, and compassion. It's gone. I mean, it's almost like they've destroyed. conditioned
0: people that life is worthless.
1: Exactly. And I think this is what me and Joe discussed. I mean, I mean I've had hours and hours and hours of, of time with him. And he basically said, I was trained to hate. Hmm. And he said, considering the things I went through in my childhood, that was exploited. He said, and when I was done, I was a killing machine. So so you look at that, you know, I mean, and and, you know, I'm not going to go into his personal life, but he had a lot of things happen to him when he was a kid that kind of geared him towards that direction. I mean, everybody has a choice, but... But
0: well, I'm sure they played off of that. Well, sure too, they right?
1: did. He was conditioned. They 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 utilized him. They used him. And on some level, he knows that, you know. And there's a certain amount of of anger that he has. Like I got used. And how he got out was the military. Is he he he's he's autistic and he's savant. So he there isn't anything that he doesn't really understand. I mean, he studied law. He studied philosophy. He's. I mean, he studies so much stuff. So he knew the law better than the government did. Mm-hmm. So he went in and said, hey, look, I'm leaving, and this is why I'm leaving. Section blah, 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 blah says da, <laughs> da, 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 da. And they're like – their jaw was on the ground. Like, okay, wait a minute. What just happened? Hmm. Go back and find him and get him. He can't leave. Well, legally he did, and he and he could because according to the law that they they created – They didn't realize what they created. So he.
0: But did they really care?
1: Well, yeah, they did. They wanted him back.
0: Well, no, that's what I mean. Did they really care what the law said and they just did what they wanted to anyway? Well,
1: yeah, because they didn't think anybody was smart enough to go in there and and present it in front of their face and said, okay, this is why I'm leaving. This is what you created.
0: Well, I just kind of figured they'd disregard their own rules because, honestly, since when do they care about anything?
1: Well, because he's so gifted, really, they're not going to go after him because they know what he's capable of doing.
0: No, I just figured they'd... uh, you know, just say, "Hey, you're still working for us, buddy. No matter what you you think."
1: Yeah, no, that. Well, they, well, they did actually kind of retaliate in a certain way. Yeah, they did. And that I can't discuss either. I'm sorry, but but yeah, they retaliated. They they tried to force him, and he says, "You can do whatever you want to do, but that's not going to happen." And that was a big deal. That was that was pretty monumental. What was the
0: end result of all that?
1: He actually had to experience it and it you know it was kind of like okay if you're not going to do what we're going to if you're not coming back then this is what we're going to do
0: so it was almost like we're going to make a deal here right
1: or you're going to because wa-
0: we want this yeah
1: and he did not go along with that and so he suffered greatly extremely and it was sad it, it because he finally realized what was happening and when he stepped away they yeah they don't i mean they don't really let you go on some level you know no. like, that was
0: what i was getting at it's it seems unlikely yeah. that they would have put time, effort, and have this creation of theirs going to just wander away and possibly spill the beans? Mm. Probably not.
1: But when the creation transcends the intellect of that kind of training, which is what happened, then, you know, there's not really anything that they can really do at this point. And that's mm. kind of where it's at now. It's kind of like why I don't, really don't get it. Is Is that his
0: state right now? He's not quite the pawn he used to be for them, but oh, it still no. kind of has to. Not at all. But, but does he still have to serve to some uh, degree?
1: Not like you think he does. He serves the greater whole of humanity, not for any other entity or any other government system or anything like that, no. He does it for the whole lot of the planet, not for any any design system other than a spiritual, much bigger design. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. And that is why they mandated that he... He carry the, because he he still has to maintain his integrity regarding his oath. You know, when you go into to the government and you go into ICOR, and you you promise that you're not going to gonna disclose something, and you you swear, you know, they will hold you to that.
0: Well, I think it's safe to say he has some pretty damned good secrets. Oh
1: yeah. I mean there's things that that he hasn't even told me and I wouldn't even want him to disclose anything other than cuz he's he's integral and um you know the, the things that I have that weren't exactly obscure on that level that I've heard I think I've heard enough <laughs> that I wouldn't even want to know on, on a certain level you know what I mean it's like some things are just
0: How bad is it?
1: <laughs> how bad is it? Well, to find bad. <laughs> <laughs> I think what really matters is, is like anything is possible regarding change. You know, I mean, you can, you can go down a certain road and all of a sudden say, okay, no, I don't want to do that. You know, I'm going to go over here. You know, everything is by choice. We have choices. You know, it's not something that, that is mandated. You know, we have a choice. I mean, some people can say, go ahead and kill me. I'm not going to tell you what I know. Right. Okay. That's a choice. Or they can say, oh, I'm going to tell you everything. So you don't kill me. Right. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's choices that we make. So, you know, there's, there's a, there's such a love with him though. I mean, he, he helps so many people now. I mean, I mean, in what way, just in a nurturing way. You know I mean he he'll give you the shirt off his back if you need something he'll give it to you if 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 you're suffering on some level he'll find a way to stop it. I mean, it's amazing to see it because to to know the truth and the stories behind it, you just you can see the transformation so with anything is possible you know it's kind of like a you know you look at and we always talk about Hitler because Hitler was such a monumental. You know, it's always, you know, I mean, everybody thinks that that's the worst of the worst, and it's really not. I mean, you think about the the genocide of the the, the Indians, you know, Native American Indians. I mean, that was pretty heinous as well. Okay, Absolutely. so it depends on, you know, what what degree you want to talk about it. I mean, anytime any flesh is completely destroyed and any kind of genocide is, is implemented, it's pretty extensive. But anybody has an opportunity to shift and to change if that's really what they want. And when you're designed to be a killing machine, and that's all you know, I mean, what are what is the actual punishment for that? You know what I mean? Is there is there? What is it? I mean, it's like, do we punish that? I mean, ignorance is bliss, right?
0: Well, who's the person to decide? Right, exactly. Punishment in the first That's place. what
1: I'm saying.
0: Now, I kind of believe more in a karma sort of thing. Mm-hmm. So yeah. it sounds like he would have to balance himself back out if he did all this, yeah. all these evil deeds, then he would have to do something to make amends, which but you're saying it sounds like he's doing.
1: He also had his karma hits. So, you know, nothing goes without some sort of ramification. So, granted, he, he did take a lot of hits, you know? But he still, but he still came up better than that, you know. I mean, I, I wouldn't be interacting with, I wouldn't be with someone. I mean, I because I see a soul. I mean, I'm a type, I'm the healer that I don't see. I can see all the things you've done, but I don't judge you I see, I see the potential that you have, the possibilities. I don't look at the ne- the negative per se. I see like, wow, okay, what did that teach you, right. and what are you capable of being now because of all that information and knowledge.
0: What are you, where are you going to go from yeah, here? Yeah, where
1: are you going to go? And honestly, if you look at it, there's a flip side to it. Maybe you had to go through all that horrific stuff. Maybe you had to be that way in order to be like this now. Right. You know, it's a different thought. It's like, so now you understand compassion. Now you really understand love. Now you really understand, you know, all these amazing, beautiful qualities. But you had to go down that road. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Otherwise, you wouldn't get here. So... Is that right or is that wrong? Well, <laughs> it's all subjective.
0: You certainly don't don't learn and grow if all you did was sit on a couch for fifty years and watching television. Exactly. And experience nothing.
1: Exactly. Yeah. So so what are you here to do? Right. Sit on the couch and watch TV, or are you here to experience things and and grow from those?
0: And grow as a soul.
1: Like you, like you can't have the dark without without the light. You can't have the pain without the happiness. I mean, they go hand in hand. So you have these experiences. And then now you have, you choose to have these. Right. You know, I mean, so who's right and who's wrong? You know, each soul signs up for a different ride and a different experience. Right. You know, we I've heard that. we all are here to grow and we're all souls in physical form. These are our vehicles. Right. You know, so, so what's the point? You know, if we don't have pain, then how can we appreciate happiness? You know, even when a baby's born and that's such a joyous experience there's a lot of pain in getting that child here so is that bad the, the the child go the 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 baby goes through just as much pain as the mother to be born right so is that pain a good pain or a bad pain it's all you know it, what is it and the joy to that pain is the baby's here and that's a beautiful experience but the pain was there so i mean you have to look at that i mean there're different ways to to actually articulate things and understand things
0: now that all makes sense to me yeah
1: i mean you have like you have like our our troops in other lands i mean killing women and children right Mm -hmm. but then on the flip side they're saving women and children you know what i mean so it's like how do you how do you judge that
0: I think it comes down to a question of, with at least that kind of situation, should they be there in the first place?
1: Well, well, yeah, but it's like, but why are they there? Hmm. You know, is it, is it a lie that they're there? Were they told that they're going in for this reason, but this is the real reason? I mean, Very there's likely. So, so many layers to stuff. When you really try to break down certain things and, and, and piece it together, I mean, there's so many variables You know what I mean? It's like, are there more more lost or they're more saved? Right. You know, and who's to know that? Who's the judge of that? There's so much judgment out there. That's for sure. And that is the severity of humanity. You know, animals do not judge each other. Animals, they don't kill extreme. I mean, they say that humans are the worst animals because animals don't even torture and kill people like humans torture and kill each other. Animals have... They'll protect their young. Sure, they'll they'll kill another animal if it's invading their nest, but they're not going to go out and kill the entire tribe of that animal.
0: Well, they don't conspire against right, each other, right?
1: Exactly. That's what I'm saying. So, so they do it out of necessity. So, is that tiger wrong for killing that tiger that's coming after their cubs? Who's to judge that? Do you know, what, you know what I'm saying?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: It, you know. So, if you look at it at that perspective, the human animal is far crueler than any kind of natural, you know, creation. I mean, it's just, it's so out of control the way that they interact with each other. There's no humanity left. When, when animals have more humanity than humans, something's wrong. And that's, that is, that is what's happening, you know, and I've seen so much of it. And I've walked people through, through a lot of it. What, what, the, what has happened to them and what's been allowed to happen to them by family members and by just strangers.
0: So where do you think this is all heading to based off of everything you've now learned?
1: It's a culmination of a pivotal time in history where there's a cleansing on the planet. There's there's what I call the great reset, mm. meaning that this this scenario and this, um, you know, what do I call it? I don't even want to call it the human exper- experiment. It's just coming to an end. And when it comes to an end, an end is nothing more than a beginning. Right. So what's happening is is this chapter of the book is being being shut and the new chapter is
0: coming. Who do you think's shutting the book?
1: I just think there's something bigger than what bigger than the government, bigger than humanity. I just think it's on such a high, high level. I don't even think that then on some level certain minds are capable of wrapping itself around it.
0: No, they're too busy watching football.
1: Yeah. Things will always find a way to recreate, to divide and, and create create new life again. Mm. You know, that's just a thing. You always see the you always see the concrete and, and through that concrete comes this little bitty bud of a flower coming up, right? Yeah. Well that's essentially how I kind of look at it. Man and humanity thinks it has it all figured out. Well, I don't think so. I think there's a greater, greater intellect cause higher than that. I think so too. Yeah. So that's what I, I mean, we agree with that. So that's what I think is accumulating into a crescendo of it's time to move on to the next level and, and, and clean the slate per se and give, give it a reset and a, and a fresh start on some level. And those who are suffering severely, you know, and, 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 what is it, what is suffering in the first place you know you there's growth in every single aspect of it you know like why why are why are certain people born a certain way they're born and they just suffer from the day they're they're born because they have like you know they can't see or they they were born without their limbs isn't that suffering on some level it's all pretends on how you look at it right okay so they're suffering okay so is suffering really something that's a good or a bad thing or is that just something that that soul incarnated and said okay I'm going to be born without my arms and legs and I'm going to see what that experience is I'm going to learn how to love and survive and and grow even though this is what I've been this is what I signed up for I mean when you really have to start thinking going up those levels and and thinking outside of the box and then thinking outside of that box what is suffering really
0: well, I I generally do subscribe to the, we agree to what we're coming to right, here. Right, right. To target certain aspects of our greater spiritual growth. Right. The counter-argument to that has always been, what about the people starving in Ethiopia? What's the point of that?
1: Right, exactly.
0: So, yeah, you know, I see that point, too. It's mm-hmm. like, well, yeah, why would you do that?
2: Yeah.
0: Was, you're, gonna, you're not going to learn anything being in that, you know. Right. That bad of an environment.
2: If you look at
1: everything objectively without a bias, then then that is where the real growth came. And you know, I always see I always tell my clients that I work with, the minute you judge something, you lose the ability to to learn the lessons and to understand the, the true meaning of why it's happening.
0: We've already put it in a box. Yeah,
1: we've already judged it, it.
0: And said that's what that is. Yeah.
1: And and you can't grow from that. You shut the door of growth when you when you judge it but if you open it up and say okay why did this happen how do i feel what can i learn from this that is the true sense of what of what it's really about mm. you know that is the core of what i call spiritual growth on some level when you can look at something unbiased and not judge it and see the beauty in it say you know what that happened but you know what this happened after that and that was beautiful you know it's all it all depends on how you look at it. You know, there's a lot of suffering here. Yes. A lot of pain, you know, and I've worked with a lot of it. I mean, I've seen more pain in, a lot in my clients and I have hear it and I see it and I, and I heal it and I work with it, you know, and there's nothing that I haven't really seen and experienced with them, you know, and it touches you. And I'm blessed to be working with the clients that I work with cuz they've touched their pain has touched my life in a positive way. Right. Okay. And that's how I see it on some level. I you know, life is just it is what it is. It's life. Whether you whether you've signed up for the Ross deal ever or you've signed up for a pretty good ride. You know, it's all subjective in the matter of your your student of life. Like like what are you learning? And I think on some level that everything is irrelevant. You know, you die, you, you, you're here for a short time. The relevance of it is essentially how much did you learn and how much did you love? You know what I mean? It's like, to me that that is, I
0: still think love is the highest thing you're trying to achieve.
1: Exactly. That is, that is the purest sense of energy The pure light frequency is love. Yeah. and, and, you know, it's to, it's to forgive too. Like to look in the eyes of your perpetrator and say, you know what? I understand your pain. I understand why you're a perpetrator. I see your pain and I forgive you and I forgive myself for signing up for that pain, but I get hmm. you. Do you know what I mean? That is mm-hmm. the pure, that is love without any kind of judgment. That's love with understanding. Right. You know, like I get it. I see you because I see me now. You know what I mean? And that's what that's what I believe that that's true. And it doesn't mean that you, you know, you wanna you may forgive somebody, but it doesn't mean you wanna hang out with them all the time. Well, of course not. Yeah, but you know, they're on their journey, you're on your your journey. But the, you have to get to that space of forgiveness. Because if you can't forgive someone else, you certainly can't forgive yourself. And you always hear that phrase when there's when you're pointing the finger at someone, there's three pointing back at you. Because it's <laughs> like no, what is it what's that saying I really like? It's um He without sin cast a first stone. <laughs> right? Really? Yeah You know, that's pretty I mean that's a very simplistic sentence.
0: That's a very powerful statement. It is,
1: but not a lot of people really comprehend that.
0: No. You
1: know? Don't. So that's my point. Are we here to learn how to love? Or are we here to learn how to hate each other more? I mean animals don't hate each other like humans hate each other. That's true. Yeah, humans are hell-bent on destroying humanity.
0: Well, it sounds like a lot of people are just kind of failing at the uh, the great experiment they're here for in the first place.
1: Exactly. They're they're looking at it not in a bigger picture. They're looking at it in a very small tunnel vision type of way they're not expanding their mind and really comprehending not
0: just that i think a lot of people just aren't thinking about it at all well yeah they're just existing right
1: that's it because that's all that they that they've chosen on some level to do and and we've given our power to certain entities and government governments and stuff like that so yeah they're just they're just existing and they at some point they just don't even care about that i mean i I mean we call them the walking walking dead Mm. you know you see them all the time You know, they're just walking, you you know, they're just, they're just, they're just, I just
0: say they're existing. Yeah, that's it. They're not living. And they're
1: not even existing at that, I mean, that either. Because they're not eating three times a day and they're not showering or they don't have any place to lay their head. So essentially they're not even existing. They're just, the walking dead. Mm. You know, if someone just took them out tomorrow, they probably wouldn't, they'd probably go, oh, thank you so much. Thank you Mm. for taking me out. My suffering no longer exists. Right. You know what I mean? So it's like. You know, who, what's that about? You know, I mean, is that wrong? Is that right? It's like, (laughs) are you doing them a, it's kind of like I said in the beginning. It's like, you know, the horse, the racing horse lost its leg and broke, you, you shoot it to get it out of its, its misery. I mean, you know, I mean that, judge that, you know, is that a bad thing or a good thing? I mean, if you're going to go down that road.
0: The harsher people would say it, it served no longer a purpose. Right. Depends on how you want to look at it. Yeah,
1: that's what I'm saying. There are many (laughs) ways to look at a certain matter, you know?
0: Of course. Yeah. So what do you feel your role here is now, seeing as how you had your own complete awakening and change from being one of the walking dead to being what you are now?
1: Oh gosh, I well, I don't even know if I was ever originally a Walking Dead. I've always been a free spirit. I've always grabbed life. I've always been an adventurer. Well, that's good. And an observer. I mean, I, even when I was a little girl, I I I would I would just observe human behavior. It was like I had a had a symbolic notepad and pencil, and I would just write stuff down. Like, okay, that doesn't work, and this happens when that happens. That's probably not, you know, I mean, I just was always an observer. I always felt like I was sitting back and observing humanity and, and, and I had a pretty horrible childhood. You know, my childhood was not, you know, but I have, I, I, it taught me everything I needed to know to help other people. So was that bad or good? Right. You know, no, because if I didn't go through that, I wouldn't be able to counsel and heal and help all the people I have. Right. Okay. So it depends on it's subjective. Like how did I, I never looked at it like that. I was like, wow, I, I needed to learn that in hindsight because I'm doing this and I'm working with this, these people in this situation now. You can't understand that unless you're in it. So I, I do, I help a lot of people. I work with lots and lots of people. I've met some remarkable people. You know, I mean, I'm just blessed. You know, no matter what, I never see the glass. You know, half empty. You know, the glass really doesn't exist, really, but mm-hmm. <laughs> it's not really real. It's the existential glass, right? Exactly. You know, I just i i run towards life, whether it's it's something that most people won't run towards. You know, I I'm an experiencer. I will experience whatever is necessary for my soul to grow. Um, I certainly don't want to. I don't hurt people. You know, I'm I'm a very I'm a love I'm a very I'm a spirit creature that is just filled with love and light. You know, I'm I I've, I've always just wanted to support and uplift and bring people to their highest potential and I enjoy watching that. You know, I enjoy seeing them overcome the most horrific life hurdles. I like to be in the audience and participate in in their life journey. So so that is really important to me. Right. You know, it's really great that we can support each other on that level. You know, and I don't really have any judgment towards people. You know, if you want to go do that and have that negative experience or whatever you want to call it and grow, then you go do that. But, you know, I'll be here when you're ready to say, wow, that was really interesting. Now, now, now I'd like to go here. Can Mm. you kind of walk me through that? You know, I just... You know, I can look at anybody and see their soul.
0: It's kind of like a karmic life counselor.
1: Exactly. Yeah. I'm like, okay, wow. Was that right? Fun? Did you have good? Did you have fun with that one? Do you get it now? Right, right. How many <laughs> times do you have to hit yourself over the head before you say, wow, that really hurts? Can I stop that now? <laughs> yeah. I'm an observer and I watch patterns. I, I watch how people move through patterns. I know what it's going to take to cycle out of a pattern. I guide them. And I helped them to to get to the core of the pain of why they keep recycling into that pattern until they can recycle out of it. So I'm kind of like, I don't know what to call a, a coach, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I, I pretty much have experienced, you know, I've worked with people with cancer and sexual abuse and drug addicts. And I've done a lot of near-death experiences and abductees. You know, I mean, I've mm-hmm. had some really interesting experiences with the abductees and there's probably nothing under the sun that I haven't worked with. And every single client that I work with has just been such a blessing. They think that I've helped them. Oh my God, they have helped me because it's, it, it works both ways.
2: Sure. Yeah. That would make, that makes sense. Yeah.
1: Because I have gained from their experience more, more than I, than I did before and they've gained from my experience. So it's such an exchange of energy. So there really isn't anybody who's lesser or greater. You know, everybody has a purpose here. Like, this is, you know, this is what I do. Okay. But but this is your job. So there's no greater or lesser. There's just different. Everybody's different and everybody's purpose here is different. And and accumulating it all together, that makes us one collective. And each person's job is just as important as somebody else's job. Doesn't matter how we perceive it. It's still important. If that person doesn't do their job, then, then this person can't do theirs. It's kind of like when you take, you know, I mean, I, I've seen this um, analogy. It's like you work in a huge office, you know, and there's all these cubicles, and there's the janitor. He comes around and he takes the trash out. Well, that's really important.
0: It's extremely important. It's extremely important. He keeps your bathrooms exactly. clean.
1: Exactly. He keeps he everything clean. the crap, clean. you know. But he doesn't get the attention of the CEO or the whatever. Well, if he- Nor had- the
0: pay, yet his job is very, <laughs> very important.
1: Exactly. But if they're knee high in trash and no one's doing it-
0: All of a sudden, they're going to be, something's wrong here.
1: Right, exactly. So my point is, it's like every single person's job is important when they wake up and they realize, oh, this is what I'm supposed to do. You know, there's nobody's job that's less important.
0: It's all part of the greater whole. Exactly.
1: And right. it's I call it one love because I think it's love makes us hopefully motivated. You know, I eventually think that love will motivate us more than, than the dollar. You know, like, okay, I'm doing this because of love.
0: Well, love is supposed to. Yeah, right. A lot of people don't quite get that.
1: No, they don't get that yet. But that's coming too.
0: But that's from them, from the whole society being kept in, in this um... – barely able to survive mode right you know the keeping everything where everything's just too expensive and and money is scarce yeah
1: and that's that's the time suck let's call it because the more the more that you are focused on survival the less you can focus on what's going on behind the curtain and that's a design system oh absolutely yeah so it's like let's keep them all down let's keep the father who's trying to support his family of three and feed them when he can barely make it, and his wife's having to work, and the kids are at after-school daycare, listen, you know, and then all of a sudden the the world is going to hell in a handbasket. Do you really think he cares when he can't feed his children? No, of course he doesn't. No, th- this is just
0: the modern equivalent of the whole medieval system where the lords would only let the peasants have barely enough exactly. nutrition to survive, exactly. and they called them the little people because they they were from being born didn't have enough nutrition to even grow to exactly, proper and they adult died litter. early. And they died early. Right. And and then they kept them uneducated. Yeah. So they were doing it in a very physical way. Now, things have definitely changed over the years, but they're kind of doing it to us financially more than anything.
2: Right. Exactly. They're, they're
0: keeping us mentally and financially stunted.
1: Mm-hmm. And, there's a, and they
0: really it. are kind of doing it physically, too, in the sense that the food is um, pretty empty. Yeah. It's crap.
1: Yeah. Now that our water's all polluted and we have all these lovely chemtrails that are killing us and... You know, it's, it's just accumulated into one big hot, what I call one big hot mess. It's called planet hot mess.
0: <laughs> 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 well, they're doing the same things to us, except this time we're paying them for it.
1: Exactly. And mm-hmm. we don't even realize and that. And most
0: people don't even realize it, right? I know. Because if you want to buy real organic food that actually has the nutrients, you're paying a zillion times more. Exactly.
1: And I've been alive enough to know that there were a time when we didn't even have organic food.
0: No, food was food.
1: Right. You just ate it and it came from the farm and the ground and it was what it was. And now it's like organic and we, we have bottled water. I never even heard of bottled water when I was a kid. It didn't exist. No, that
0: was a thing that developed what I think like 70s, I think.
1: Yeah, well, yeah, maybe 70s, late, no, early 80s, I think.
0: I remember in the 80s, it definitely started becoming a thing. Yeah. People thought it was cool to have their bottled water because it right. came from a certain place. And then
1: you had these little cool things, you carried them, and it was, like, really cool to have bottled water. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> my God. and we and bought It's just it. a
0: joke because most of it doesn't come from anywhere special. It's still and municipal no, water I from know, somewhere.
1: but it was just really cool to have it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're sold a lot of ideas that are just ridiculous, but...
0: Well... They're profiting off of our ignorance. Well,
1: exactly, and they're laughing at us at the same time.
0: The problem is they've taken that so far now that things are starting to just collapse. Well,
1: yeah, and it's collapsing on them, too, because you can't take out—
0: Well, if the cancer destroys its host, it's got nowhere to, to thrive either. Exactly. So they're kind of getting it to the point now where it's like, what's left? Right. I mean, look at most Americans. Yeah. I mean, it's— They've dumbed them down so much and fed them so much crap that they're kind of clueless slobs, a, a huge amount of them. Right. And I can point up in the sky and go, what's that? And they don't even understand that the big tic-tac-toe things in the sky are really shouldn't be there. Right. And I'm old enough to remember that the sky used to not look that way. I know, exactly. That, was, that started in the 90s and we used to be like, that doesn't look right.
1: Well, in, I mean, even now they're like totally admitting, they admitted it. Like, yeah, we are doing the chemtrails.
0: It's been admitted, but it's that's still not enough for people.
1: Yeah, they still don't believe it.
0: So that just that just tells you how bad things are. I know.
1: Even when they tell the truth, they don't believe it. Yeah, I know. How about that? Not
0: that I blame them for for you know a lot of people are like they lie about everything. Well, that's kind of true. So
1: so they assume they're lying (laughs) about the truth. Yeah, uh, that's how. But when it's kind of obvious
0: and in in front of your face, I'm gonna I'm gonna make my own judgment call on this. When I was a child, there were not giant tic tac toe signs in the sky (laughs) that hung there for hours. Yeah, no, that 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 did not happen.
1: No, nope, not at all. I never saw it, never even knew what a chemtrail was till like 10 years ago, I think.
0: It started in the 90s, and then people like the Art Bell show would have yeah discussions on it. And because it was only happening in certain areas, so people were reporting it. Mm-hmm. But then you just heard it increasing more and more as, as the years went by. So it was probably around, and I'm guessing here, but I, I'm guessing like 95, 96 mm-hmm. is when it really started to get noticed by people. And then, but that was kind of pre internet hmm. And then as the 2000s kicked in, more and more people were reporting it and then you hear about it more. And then you're to the point now where just just about every city is getting annihilated.
1: Yeah, it's pretty intense. I remember when I was leaving L.A. and I went into Hollywood to work with a client um, a week before I left. I don't think I'd ever seen it that bad. I mean, literally, it was a checkerboard. I just looked up at the sky and go, wow, I, I just can't believe what I'm seeing. It was so intense, so severe. Right, and this was not too long ago. This was only like a few months ago, so it's increased dramatically.
0: No, I see it in Baton Rouge, really bad where I, I live, and it's yeah. It's nice that the whole sky is covered, crazy. And then later yeah. on that day, after the hours have transpired, it just kind of dissipates into this nasty, murky, just disgusting looking. I don't even want to say clouds. It's just mm-hmm.
1: yeah, muck. That's what it is.
0: And a lot of people point it out and then a lot of people just don't get it like, oh, that's that's ridiculous conspiracy theory stuff.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: A very good friend of mine said that to me not too long ago. And I'm like, OK, I'm not even going to have this argument with you.
2: Yeah,
1: they're just they're just, you know, do it's like do your research. You know, they you can get really they deep don't into care enough it. to do so. Yeah. No. Anybody
0: who's just like who looks up in the sky and just can't even acknowledge what's right before them. They're not going to go do the, the kind of research that you and I have done.
1: Yeah. Well, I, well, you know, I've lived it. So it's like kind of like telling somebody like, yeah, there are psychic assassins. There are people that can go inside your head and, and make you kill yourself just with a thought. And they can destroy your brain with a thought. And they can bring down this and kill that person at a distance with a thought. The, people don't want to know. They're like, oh, really? No. You've been well, that's watching a lot harder to prove movie. than
0: chemtrails, though. Right. Exactly. You can look up in the air and see a chemtrail. There's. Some of the things that a lot of people talk about, be- between like UFO encounters and spiritual encounters, things like that, they're a lot harder to prove because not yeah. everybody has those experiences every day. But I can walk out of my door and look up and see that. I mean, mm-hmm. it's just like, well, that's not normal.
1: No, that and that's tangible. I mean, that's, that's exactly. Everybody, it's, it's tangible. Everybody can see it. So, right. and and for people to to not do the research and not want to is. You know they're responsible for that. You know I put the responsibility on people. Like, okay, you don't want to find out what's going on. Well, then don't complain.
0: Don't complain when things are yeah. collapsing around you because yeah. you chose to do nothing. Yeah,
1: you chose to close and your you eyes. decided to
0: accuse me of being a crazy conspiracy yeah, theorist, being an
1: idiot or a whacked job or whatever. Yeah, it's just like people just need to take responsibility for what their own personal lives.
0: That's right. You know, and personal go out responsibility. There. What?
1: Yeah, I know. And, 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 you know, it's like when I work with clients, you know, sometimes they'll be pointing at the finger saying, oh, well, that person did this and that. I'm like, no, 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 bring that back. You're responsible on a certain level for allowing people to do certain things.
0: Well, you made decisions, despite if someone did something bad to you, you still made your own decisions in the situation. Exactly. Now, hopefully you made the right one and got out of it.
1: Exactly. But sometimes they use that excuse to be the, be the victim. Right. And then the victim always becomes the perpetrator. And then they're wondering why their lives are so messed up when you're going from victim to perpetrator energy back and forth, back and forth. Yeah, they're
0: repeating the same cycle. exactly, And they don't realize why I can't meet the right person every time I do this happens.
1: Right, because you're bringing in that same energy which you vibrate Well, at. you haven't
0: changed. So right, of course exactly. you're attracting the same exact exactly. thing. Exactly.
1: And then they're mad because they can't bring in the right person. Well, you have to be the right person. You have to take responsibility for what you're allowing to happen to you. Right. You know, and I've heard it over and over and over again. It's like, really? You, if you want things to change, then you have to be the change you want to see, Yep. you know, there, there's nothing outside of self. Whatever's reflecting is what's, you know, what's inside. So it's interesting, but they still want to shrug it off and they want to be the victims and, oh, that person did this to me and I'm just going to, I'm like, well, then crawl underneath the, the rug and just sit there and die. You know what I mean? If, okay, that's what you're choosing to do, then go ahead, be the victim. It's all good. No one cares. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's it it's just it's humorous on some level, but but then again it's a fact. There's a lot of victims running around out there.
0: I think that's the majority of people really.
1: Yeah. It's like don't, don't want to take
0: personal responsibility and oh poor me.
1: Yeah. It's like, are you really ready to stand up for yourself and stand Most up for your own aren't. life? No. Yeah. No.
0: Not from what I've seen anyway.
1: Yeah. So then then when it all goes to hell in a handbasket, who's responsible for that? Oh, the government—they—they they did it all to us. Well, you didn't—you didn't—you didn't do your work.
0: Well, here's the thing, and I've told a lot this to a lot of people. The government is just people making decisions over you. Right. So if you don't like what they're doing, do something about it. Exactly. Don't say, "Oh, I'm just one person." Last time I checked, it's just one person who makes a decision to do things and change mm-hmm. and cause change. Now that doesn't mean that a lot of people can't conglomerate together to institute a new policy of some sort,
2: mm-hmm. but it
0: still means that. An individual has to make the own person's choice.
1: Yeah. And that's kind of like well, I felt responsible. That's why I started doing the radio shows. You know, it's because I understand a lot of things. And there's a certain amount of responsibility to myself. But also I I was, you know, when I woke up and I had, you know, I had all these gifts and abilities. Well, what do I do? Do I just sit here and do nothing and go, wow, you know, I can do this and this and this. Or am I going to step up to the plate and, and really start getting out there and sharing it and and teaching people and helping people because everybody on certain levels has certain abilities you know that that can get them out of the situation that they're in and then trust and believe in something that's more powerful themselves because they have that ability to access the the universal energies and start using them you know that is exactly what the other side's doing. Oh, yeah. You know, I mean, they're accident- accessing it perfectly. You know? mm. I mean, obviously. Because, and
0: accomplishing their goals, obviously. Yeah,
1: because we're living it. You know what I mean? So it's like, it's out there. It's available, you know? And so, you know, that's why I came forward despite not really wanting to and, you know, my apprehensions towards that. But there's a responsibility that I have and waking up and realizing my purpose. is like, yeah. Are you kidding me? On some mm-hmm. level, I'm going to stand up for it. I'm going to, talk and if people want to think I'm off, you know, off in la la land, that's fine. You run with that too. But let me tell you something. If if I was off in la la land, I wouldn't be surveilled. I wouldn't have have the government tracking me all the time if I was some crazy woman. There's a reason why that goes
2: on.
0: Well, the naysayers would say, "Prove it." Well, I've, yeah. I've never seen that happen. And you know what? It doesn't matter whether those things are, are actually happening or not. The, the points you're making philosophically are dead on. Yeah. So whether or not anything's happening on a more conspiracy kind of, kind of level, you're discussing concepts that are about personal growth and personal responsibility.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: And I would say that's the most important thing for anyone to take away from this conversation.
1: Yeah. And I wouldn't have people at the magnitude coming to me for help and assistance if if I wasn't doing something that was actually tangible because my work has always been done by word of mouth. You know, I don't have, you know, anybody saying, oh, well, this is my list of, of individuals that I work with. I've never needed that. Right. You know, someone tells so-and-so, like Michelle, and then that person comes and they're like, wow, you're, you're really doing this. And then that person. So I don't need anybody to, to say, I don't need any tangibility in the sense of my work speaks for itself. You know, I don't need a long list of clients saying, oh, Michelle, help heal me with cancer, yada, yada. Either you meet me or you don't meet me. It's, it's, it doesn't matter to me right you know the the and it's not even me the energy that works through me is sacred you know that energy is what you're what people are calling upon essentially i'm just the vehicle for it so if you want to give credit to something give it to primary energy i'm just this physical being that just moves that energy through me so it's like you know i don't have like a I just don't believe in that. You know, it's kind of like I really didn't have like a website. I mean, a lot of pe- healers do. I just I like to take things to a higher level. If I really am moving this energy, you know, it's like build it. They will come. Mm. Well, that's what I believed. You know, I prove it to me. OK, so I can do this. So then send me somebody and let's see it. Right. You know, I, I want tangible proof on some level.
0: And you've been doing this for how long?
1: Oh, gosh, probably more than 11 years now. I Let's see, what is it, 2015? I woke up in 2004. What is that, 11 years? Mm-hmm. Yeah, pretty much 11 years. So
0: obviously you're surviving, making a living, and making these things happen.
1: Well, yeah, and manifesting energy and, and, and I mean, everything. I mean, do I need, like, tangible proof? I mean, that's tangible proof, I <laughs> mean right yeah I mean if this
0: is what you've been doing for a living obviously you're doing something right
1: yeah and I've met the most amazing people in the process I mean I you know Nobel Peace Prize winners I mean people who are moving I was asked to fly out to Africa because I was working with a woman who wrote her autobiography about her life in Africa and Hmm. Nelson Mandela wrote the forward who was a friend of hers I was working with her and she invited me to Africa to meet Nelson Mandela I mean I've met some of the most amazing people You know, and and I don't have a business card. I don't have a website. You know, this is what I do. I do it out of love and a a little bit of obscurity. You know, I never really wanted to have my face plastered on everything. I wanted to live a normal life and not be seen. And that's why 11 years, I didn't come out. People just came and say, Michelle, I got your number. And I, I don't know what you do, but can I meet you? And yeah. And then after that, I mean, it just went on and on and on. You know, I liked living a life under the radar. I liked not having you know, my photo out there and stuff like that. I still like that. You know, I'm still like that.
0: But whatever your mission is, it's obviously changing in some way because now it's getting to be more of a public thing.
1: Yeah. Because can... chances
0: are thousands of people are, are going to hear your voice now.
1: Yeah. And I've had a lot of interest and, and attention, which has is, is been something that has been difficult for me to to wrap myself around. I'm still kind of reluctant about it. And, you know, I've done speaking engagements and stuff like that, but it's still you know, it's still something I'm getting used to, you know, and it may take me a few more years to get used. To. I don't know. I mean, I don't know what the future holds, but you know, I'm just pleased that when I see someone come to me, who's just been wounded and who's been almost destroyed all their humanity and I work with them and they're, they pop back up and live the most amazing lives and they're smiling despite whatever happened to them. And I've had some enormous cases of people being almost killed and just horrific stories of humanity and when i can see them and i've spent time with them and they they leave like new people to me that's what i need i don't need anything other than that right. you know i i i love that that is like the most beautiful stories that i that to me it's like that's what life is really about that's what humanity is about it's not about Saying, oh, look what I did. Look what, you know, wow, aren't I fabulous or Mm -hmm. wonderful? It's about living the best possible life and having people around me that choose that for themselves. And if I can facilitate and assist them, so be it. Because when I woke up, I had someone facilitate that for me. So essentially, I'm just sort of passing the buck. So, you know what I mean? It's like Mm -hmm. I'm just giving, you know, I'm service to others, not service to self. And the woman that worked with me was service to others. You know, I mean, that's what it's all about. It's like, you know, pay it forward even and don't expect anything in return. Right. You know, what I get in return is the smile on my face when I'm working with someone that person's like calling me like, oh, my goodness, Michelle, this happened and that happened. And gosh, it was just so wonderful. I mean, that's what we're talking about. We're talking about overcoming whatever obstacle or whatever horrific event happened in your life. I want to see you as a warrior. I want to see you overcome whatever, because essentially that whole scripture, that whole saying, God doesn't put more on you than you can handle. That's true. Nothing is bestowed upon you that you can't Overcome if you choose to. You can be the victim. Go right ahead. I've seen enough of those. <laughs> but if you really want to rise up and be the best potential of humanity that you can, right on. I'm going to be by your side. I'm going to be there to support you, and we're going to do it. And and whatever that takes. Tons of love, um, a little bit of scolding and putting you on the right track you know, whatever it takes, but it's going to be in a space of love. It's not going to be a space of judgment or, oh my God, you were such a bad person before. I'm not going to work with you because you did this, 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 and this. I don't do that. If you want to step up the plate and if you want to do the work and if you want a better life, I don't care what you've done, you know, because I am not somebody who's there to judge you. It's not my job to judge you. You know, I look at you through the eyes of love. And if, that love can change and move mountains, so be it. Because when I work with that person, they will understand love more than they ever have. And they will pass that love on to someone else down the road. And that is really what it's about. It's about creating a momentum of love that is so powerful that it overrides all the victimization, all the hate, all the, all the negative aspects that we think is negative. That love transcends all of that. And that's what I believe in. That's what I That's what I do.
0: Well, if I had to theorize off of why you're doing radio now, I would probably say it's so that you can target more people at once to inspire them mm-hmm. as opposed to the one-on-one basis you've been doing yes, for years. yeah, yeah. You're probably getting to a point now where it's like, I want to get more of this out there because you're quite confident in what you've done mm-hmm. and what you're capable of doing and the message you're trying to spread. Right. So now, like I said, there's a very good possibility of thousands of people at once are going to now be hearing
1: yeah. The effect you know, of one of, interview. It's kind of like expansion. It's like okay, I I I've had so much history and so much time working with so many amazing people that now it's like it's like, you know, it's like a it's like when you use paint. It's like when you when you're painting and you use watercolor. You know how you you get the paper wet and then you put the watercolor on it and the watercolor just kind of spreads and booms. Mm. Mm-hmm. It's like it's kind of expanding in a way where it's like, okay, now it's time. But I needed that time of incognito so that I could study more human behavior so that I could, I could understand. And I, and you know, and at the time I was going through my own healing process. I mean, I never stopped growing. That's the thing. I work on other healers and other healers. They, they stop. They figure I'm really gifted. I have all these psychic abilities and I'm a healer and I can do, but, but they get so trans. That's That's a mistake. They get so transfixed on their clients that they don't that they don't still work. on I'm always working on myself. I will never stop. I will always keep growing. You can only take somebody as far as you've gone and then that's it. So right. I have actually worked on other healers because they get blocked and they get stuck and they're like, Michelle, what's going on? Like, are you growing? Are you doing your work? Because they're so transfixed outside of self that they lose like, like, they haven't done the rest of their work. Right. And I'm always working. I mean, I'm like, okay, I got that piece. Oh, I understand that. Oh, I see where I'm doing that. I never stop because I want to be able to take everybody I work with as high as we can go because there, it just keeps going. There's not, it's, there's, it's infinite, you know? So I'm, you know, I'm not near, I'm not where I'm supposed to be. I'll never be. Why would I want to? Life is too interesting. There's too much amazing out there to say, oh, I've arrived.
0: Well, I don't think you arrive in this life, I think. You no. arrive when you no longer have to come back.
1: Exactly. Well, yeah, on some level or when it, it shifts and evolves to the next level because everything changes. You know what I mean? I mean, Earth is not going to be the same as it was. Humanity is not going to be the same as it is a million years from now. Right. Okay. So so if you come back, it's not going to be the same thing. It's always going to be different. Everything is different. You know, when you change, your 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 perception of everything changes. But then it also changes based on your perception. Our thoughts tra- our thoughts create new realities, okay? Right. So that's infinite.
0: That's what manifesting exactly. is.
1: So it just keeps going and keeps going and keeps going. The ride just gets better and better and better.
0: So, Michelle, the interesting thing about you is you are the first guest that I've ever had that isn't really uh, trying to promote anything. You're not trying to promote a website, a book, or whatever. Not that there's anything wrong with those things. Everyone's got to do their own thing, which I'm totally behind. You're the first one to actually... All we're going to do is say, hey, this was a fantastic talk and we'll do it again sometime.
1: Right. Yeah. Well, I'm promoting love. I'm promoting humanity to go to the next level and just to forgive and love. Yeah. I I haven't done the book or, you know, and I declined the book deal. So,
2: yeah. So
0: you don't actually have anything else to say after this. You just, hey, this this is the message and take from it what you will. And hopefully you'll take from it the most positive aspect where you can.
1: Exactly. And I hope that I've left uh, your listeners with uh, maybe there was something, one little point that they need to hear to get them to the next level. Who knows? I mean, who knows who is called to listen? And I'm just thrilled and excited that you asked me on the show. So I'm so thankful that you thought that I actually had something to say. So very much so. Yeah. So thank you so much.
0: Well, we should do it again sometime.
1: Sounds like a plan. All right. All right. Take care. All right. Bye now.
0: That was a fantastic interview with a very beautiful message. And I hope everyone out there takes from it what they can. Take care.